This is Tomo Hanchinski, and you're listening to Tales from the East End. Welcome to Tales from the East End, a Shamrock Rovers podcast for the fans, by the fans. This is our fourth show. Uh, we're going to talk about two games, Derry and Galway. Preview the court game tomorrow. Uh, we've also got another questions from the East End with Dave McAllister and an interview with MacDara Ferris. I did all the field work this week. Oh, poor you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Gary Parsons alongside the prof, Carl Riley. We just wanted to mention the Rovers promo video for Tallah Stadium. It was released just after we recorded last week's show. So we didn't get to talk about it. It was really well made. Um, genuinely captured what the match day experience is all about and, and following Rovers in general. Yeah, the video was fantastic. They played it for us at the media event just before they put it out on Twitter. And I think that video did more for marketing the league in two minutes than Jonathan Gabay did in three months. Yeah, it was quite epic. I have to say it was, a, it was really well done. I'm interested to find out who actually uh, who was involved in it, what company actually recorded it because it was really, really good. You may have noticed that we now have a new website. It looks great. Some areas of it are still a work in progress. So uh, make sure you send your feedback to Mark, Lin- Mark Lynch. Um, looks really fresh and slick, I think. It's, it was it's well needed as well. The, the old website was quite dated. Yeah, definitely needed a new look of paint. Uh, the stats sections are empty for the moment. So I'm going to have to get the finger out there. Somebody has a lot of updating to do. I don't know who would volunteer for such a task. <laughs> um, what else have we got? We've got Robbie Kane. He was training with the club last week. Uh, more great PR. Apparently, he took the strikers for a couple of training sessions, which can only be good. Yeah, I noticed he went into odds of five to four again to sign for us. So, I'm not sure who's actually betting on this, but I suppose someone is. Would you take him? Would you take Robbie Kane? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Would he upset the whole s- momentum that we have, or if, if we even have momentum? Would he fit into our our structure? I'm not too sure. You couldn't say no to Robbie Keane, though, could you? I think it's a bit of a fantasy conversation. He's not signing for Rovers. He's, he's gone back to England. Yeah, true. Uh, we're we're going to move on to the Derry game and discuss what happened in it. And once again, the dreaded set pieces it really annoys me. I mean, even more so because it was the second ball that McBride scored from. It wasn't the initial one. I mean, I don't like conceding from set pieces ever, but it has, something has to be done about it. It's... It's always happening. It's, just, it's brutal. Uh, we had, I thought we had a good opening 20 minutes. We pressed them in their own half. I, I noticed that when we were taking free kicks quickly, they struggled to adapt when we did this. I think McAllister did it once or twice. And the second we got a free, he put he put the ball down and we were gone. And they were struggling. Put them on the back foot. And uh, I just it, it, we didn't seem to be able to keep up. And I think it was just a masterclass of tactics from Derry, to be honest. Not giving them enough credit. Yeah, and actually Derry could have had a goal after just 15 seconds. They had a great chance. That would have been the fastest goal at a senior game in Tada if it had gone in. Do you know what? I only looked I looked away for a second and someone was true on goal and I, I, I couldn't believe it. He should have scored, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, no shots on target for Rovers, which is which was very worrying at the time. Yeah, Mele and Meenan, I don't think they got into 
good forward positions enough and we were way too over-reliant on Madden getting crosses in. Uh, second half, obviously, we missed Trevor Clark. We missed his pace. I hate to say this, but is Mele a luxury player now? Are we going back to the Mele conversation? I think so. I mean, how can you forget his form in his fourth season? It was stunning. He was brilliant. And then to, to drop off like that is just... There's something wrong there. There has to be. I mean, what's going on? Is it a men- mentality thing? Is it... I don't know. Is he falling out of love of football? Let's not do, be too harsh on the guy. It's only a couple of games in, as we said. But he set the set the bar so high in his fourth season. And then again, he was playing in behind the striker. He was playing in the middle. He's playing out wide now. I think we need to. I wouldn't know what to do with him anymore. He might need to be dropped, and we'll talk about that later in the show. Elevens and starting elevens and formations, but um. Derry went on to beat Dundalk a few days later, so it puts it in perspective. I think it does, yeah. I think that was a mind games masterclass by Kenny Shields because he played that underdog card to a comical degree. Yeah. I mean, some of the stuff he came out with. Like, yeah, he's always at it, isn't he? We're just a modest wee country team, he said. Yeah, he was on off the ball like last night and he had an interview and he actually came across quite well. He pretty much said he hates the media, but he likes, he likes to... Uh, he likes to play the media and he has a psychology background. Yeah, that was interesting. So that, that that was very interesting. And he was talking about when teams that are coming to McGinn Park or Brandywell, that if they're on a losing streak, he, he, he focuses on those in particular, making sure not to praise them or not to treat them in a particular way because he knows that a wounded animal can still bite, you know, that, that type of thing. Um, I thought tactically Derry were, were really good. I thought Lowe was good in the middle for them. He was just a nuisance for them, and we just never got going. Their fullbacks were pushed very high. They they met our wingers nearly on the halfway line every time. So, like I said, that threat was nullified. I see on the SRFC Ultras forum, my post has returned. Yeah, convenient timing. Uh, <laughs> note that he didn't say anything after the Bows win because he never says anything after wins. <laughs> But, I mean, his use of statistics is so twisted that, like, it just has to be a wind-up. Like, I remember once he said that Liverpool were unbeaten for six months, and he was including the summer holidays in that. <laughs> summer, so, well, technically it's true, but... Um, now, we'll move on to the Galway game. 2-1, Gary Shaw bought goals in his first league appearance of the season. So, hopefully he's he's back fit, and those sleepless nights with the... With the new baby aren't affecting hmm. them too much. Don't seem to be affecting them too much with the new baby. Yeah, that was our 15th consecutive league win over Galway. Six, 15 consecutive 16 league in all competitions. And uh, and an 11-year unbeaten one. 11-year unbeaten. So they, the last time they beat us, we should ask Trevor Clark this question. <laughs> yeah, he won't know. Um, 2006? Yep. What score? 1-0 away. 1-0 away. But for a bonus point, who who got the goal? I'm not Rain Man. Just... <laughs> Trevor Clark played with one arm, and it was Paul Curry's first game in 18 months. Good to see Curry get some game time. I think uh, I remember him being a fantastic passer. Didn't see much of him, but that's one thing that stuck out about his game when we when we played against him. Um, it's gonna be hard to break into that midfield. Connolly, McAllister, Finn, Lopez. It's it's packed. It is, yeah. Um... In Galway, yeah, we we control the game without ever really hitting top gear. We didn't seem to be pushing for that second goal, and like I can't even think of kind any, of stumbled across it, didn't we? I can't even think of any other good chances we made. But then we we reacted immediately after their equaliser, which was good. 
and uh, nervy last couple of minutes when they had a corner, but but yeah, good win, a deserved win. Uh, the fans were singing Henchinski. We can't pronounce your name. We love you all the same. I think that's the way it went. Craig Sivers, wasn't it? It went, yeah. Uh, I don't think they were paying attention to our last show. What's going on? No, they mustn't have. I think maybe chance uh, they need to be more spontaneous than anything. Rovers fans don't like being told what to do, do they? Yeah. Can't tell uh, them what to sing, certainly, anyway. I did hear one lad behind me say, Oh, the sea is silent. So, yes, yeah, so, someone was listening. Oh, well, there you go, yeah. yeah. It's justified. I heard Brads are saying that it was Sammy Ristola who masterminded the signing of Tomer. That's interesting. I mean, what a signing. Helsingborg's last season. Played 19 league games. And to be honest, I think he's a bit mad, which is always a plus for a goalkeeper. His reaction seemed to be very good. He made that snap save against Bowles when we were 1-0 up. Yeah. Really important. And I think he seems genuinely interested in, in Rovers. You know, he's invested in it. He's invested in Rovers. I mean to ask you, actually, uh, Craig Hyland doesn't seem to have signed for a club. What's he doing? Uh, Highland, it was pointed out to me by someone recently, he's the only player that left us at the end of last season who's still without a club. He's uh, in the Dublin Fire Brigade now. Uh, we have McDara's interview on the way, so we're going to load that up. Uh, we just just need to find it now. Uh, where Where is it? Have you got it? Where is it? Bueller. 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 Okay, I'm here with McDerry Ferris. And McDerry, you were in Galway for working for extra time. I saw you put up pictures of the, the Galway bear just beforehand. Uh, how was the trip overall and how do you think Rovers played on the night? I was very impressed with the, the bar beforehand. Uh, obviously, Rovers have got the 1899 suite in this season to complement the, the Glenmalure suite. But the, the locker bar, I think they're calling in Galway, was very impressive. Their old dress rooms decked out. It was shown a few people some pictures afterwards particularly the the sharers got the, the the most interest the people were sitting in there but it's great and uh saw the video that was put up uh at half time there was loads of rovers fans in there loads of galway fans uh people seem to be getting on very well so galway got a few bob out of it to make up for the fact that they probably lost a little bit on their gate because it was a an early monday evening kickoff at seven o'clock so um so yeah enjoyed the bar beforehand just went in to have a quick look and have some photos and then i was up in the the press box high up uh, watching the the game and I thought yeah I thought Rovers did well definitely deserved the deserved the win and um, they they did enough now having let a goal in it was like how are they going to respond were they going to let their heads drop but uh, I thought the goals were Gary Shaw did excellently taking both both goals um, Rovers hanging on a little bit at the end but but definitely deserved definitely deserved the win so yeah it was a, it was a good trip really important win for Rovers because. Not doom and gloom, but if, if Rovers hadn't got points there or had lost the game, you're kind of looking after the four, first four games, you're kind of wondering, where are Rovers going into Friday's game against Cork City, who are you know one of the real rivals for the, the league title, certainly to Dundalk, if, if not Rovers, if, if we can continue going where, where we are. So it was important to, to get the win and carry some momentum into the, the game on, on Friday. What was your first Rovers game? My first Rovers game, I don't actually know what the what the game was. It was I would have been ten or eleven, and my father would have brought myself and my older sister to to Milltown. I I grew up in Blackrock, so Milltown not too far away. On a, on a Sunday afternoon to to go to the uh, the ground, probably just to get out of the house uh, for the afternoon. I remember my father uh, sent us through the the kids turnstile, and he went through the adult one, and then realised there was a chain link fence between the two of us so we needed to we were able to 
climb between the, to get to the one side. But yeah, so that would have been a Sunday afternoon, the old traditional 3.30, 3.30 game under the floodlights. And, and what I always remember is the those massive bright floodlights and then the the pristine surface that uh, Milltown was back in kind of 80, 85, 86. Um, and Rovers always seemed to win. That was the other thing, because of course this was the, the four in a row. So yeah, I always feel lucky enough to uh, have, have been in Milltown. Uh, a lot of the friends that, that I would go to games with would be a bit younger than me, some some older as well. But those that are younger didn't get the chance to, to go to Milltown, so I would have been there a couple of times. But no, I can't. People can list chapter and verse of their first game and it was this game and this was the score. I was obviously just too transfixed by the floodlights and, and, and the pitch at the time. So, But it would have been in around 85, 86. You took a piece home from Milltown. Yeah, yeah. That was a, a story I told that uh, um, it was in Owen Rice's book and uh, when the book, Owen's book was reviewed, it was funny, it was a story that was, was picked up. Liam Mackey wrote uh, uh, a really good piece uh, reviewing the book and, and when that book was written, Rovers were still going from, had, had no home and uh, it was a piece that he picked out that kind of was synonymous with where Rovers was. So yeah, on the, on the last game in Milltown I my father was away uh, so I brought my mother uh, sorry my mother brought me I, I blackmailed her basically into bringing me to the game she sat in the stand and read a book um, no interest in, in in football whatsoever but she knew how important it was for me and when the match was over yeah, I went down onto the pitch and, and, and grabbed a bit and put it in a crisp packet and uh, brought it home with me and, and uh, put in a bit of compost and, and kept it growing until something dropped on it one day and, and it disintegrated across and it was gone and as Liam Mackey wrote in his piece uh, it was gone gone forever like like Milton was so yeah I, I had a bit of Milton there's a bit of Tala from the first night in uh, the first night in Tala that's grown in the pot outside the front door here as well so yeah I, I, I have been known to, to do it since then as well and what was your favourite ever Rovers game Um, the favourite ever Rovers game it probably is the opening game it's probably the opening game in 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 Tallis Stadium, and um, certainly a, as a home game, and we played in plenty a variety of of home venues down the years. Um, probably that opening game, and that I I was really worried we'd never get that. And um, there's a piece in the Irish Times during the week written by a, a man and United fan talking about how their club is gone and what that meant and, and there was certain points where it looked like Rovers might go out of business and you're kind of going are you going to wander down the road and, and watch Pats or maybe go and watch ECD and it's like no I don't think so and, and Rovers really struggled a couple of times over court cases with um, going into examinership would we come out of that and then would we come through the, the uh, judicial review on the on the planning for, for Tala that, that the GA took out and there was times you really thought this 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 wasn't going to happen, and then then it did, and then just that night, I just remember the 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 noise of the crowd when when the teams came out onto the pitch because um, the ground was full that night, three thousand capacity, might have been slightly more, somehow might have got into the ground, you know it seems there was there was maybe a few more, and and there was a lot of ghosts there that night, um, and I always remember. Uh, Shane Robinson talked about it what he said to the the players in, in the huddle he was the captain that night and, and what it meant for everyone that was here for there that night and, and for those who didn't make it that was fans and players and, and so that meant so much and, and 
we got to win. There was this guy, Gary Twig, seemed to be quite, quite good. I've heard of him. Yeah, and uh, so probably, probably that game, um, but I suppose it would be remiss of me not to talk about Belgrade as well. So just what that, what that meant as well. Um, uh, so I, I'm going to go home and away. We'll go home for that one and away. We'll talk about the, the win in, in extra time in, in Belgrade. Um, finally, I heard you wrote a book once. Yeah, I any did. Plans, yeah, yeah. Any plans for a sequel? Um, the in relation to that book, the uh, it was of its time. So it was written in at the end of the twenty twelve season in into into twenty thirteen, and uh, um, it tells the story of getting to Tala and all that it was involved, all the the brilliant stories, the opening night and Real Madrid and Juventus and all this kind of thing. So, um. And since we wrote it, you and I, uh, Rovers have been pretty rubbish, really, and, and haven't challenged at all in a meaningful way, um, much as I like the Leicester Senior Cup and, and the League Cup and the Stamps Sports Cup. So um, you wouldn't really be writing a sequel about the, the last five years in, in, in Tala. But there's, this, there's a nice sense of optimism around the club at the minute across all factors. So um, on the pitch with the... With the youth that's been developed, with Roadstone, with the 1899 suite, uh, with the new website, there's this podcast happening. And um, I, I think you'd only write a sequel if there was something meaningful to write about. And uh, if there was something meaningful, um, you know, a, a license, long European run, a, a, um, a championship. Um, I remember Con Murphy was insisting on a sequel. Yeah. Um, an FA Cup, FA Cup win, um, but maybe we'll never see that in, in 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 my lifetime. Maybe in your lifetime, Carl, you're a bit younger than me. Um, maybe, but uh, there needs to be something to to write about. I don't think he'd be writing about, um, yeah, winning the Leicester Senior Cup. A uh, cool interview with McDara, and you heard him mention the Baron Galway, and that's all anyone was talking about online that night. It lit up. by John O'Sullivan uh, always worth reading in the 42.ie it was Rovers first game at Tolman Park mm. and he was working for Limerick at the time he said that the Gardaí wanted two public order units so two that's two public order units but he convinced them that it would be antagonistic and they stayed out of sight now he said that they made sure the bar was open despite protestations he said so many so called experts told him his approach was wrong and that the way he showed trust the way he showed trust in Rovers fans and yet they were right and everyone had a great time praise Limerick for what they did and he said the late the late great George Bourne came up to him at half time and said thank you for not treating us like animals which seems to be the case in a lot of grounds Turner's Cross Oriel Park I mean I'm sure showgrounds a lot of, a lot of, a lot of places don't treat us very well at all 
So it's refreshing when it happens. It's nice to see. That's obvious now. Why I always mentioned Tomond four years ago as my, Best fa- my, in my favorite trip, favorite away Robbers trip in the last four or five seasons, and that's why. And that brings us to the Galway game. You know, great hospitality shown to us by Galway made us feel very welcome, treated us as human beings. Imagine that. Yeah, it's rare, isn't it? And again, similarities. Apparently, the Gardaí didn't want Rovers fans in the bar. And someone in the club made sure that we were allowed to go in. They said, no, it'll be fine. Because it was just regulars coming in. And look what happens. We sing songs. Everyone has a great time. No trouble. It's singing in unison with Galway fans as well. Yeah, we were singing away. And then a few Galway fans showed up. And then it got tense. Yeah. And then Rovers fans started singing, going down. And then Galway's fans replied, so are we. Yeah. And then Rovers fans came back with, does the president know you're here? <laughs> he was probably in the bar as well, wasn't he? He, he likes was, a point. He was somewhere. Uh, we also sang, you're our second favourite team after Harps. Yeah, there's a bit of connection there with Harps as well. See, once again, they look after you when you go up, you know. It's all, it's always love. And so, we uh, we all had a mutual dislike of Sligo and John Delaney. So we were all friends then. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll have a drop over. Mutual hatred. Yeah, so it was a night to remember in uh, Galway's hipster bar with their toilets slash shower room. You wouldn't know what to call it, would you? <laughs> it's a good idea, though. Yeah. Uh, now we've got other games other results uh, Bowes have won their last two games extremely surprised at that I, c- I couldn't believe they beat Bray at home then they went on to be who was it Limerick away, Limerick away. I mean that's that's two great results and considering they've a corner forward GAA player playing in front of Dinny Corcoran yeah I noticed Dinny Corcoran can't stop scoring now after we mocked him yeah so. <laughs> he must have listened he must have had a little listen can I just say for the record that was all Gary's idea <laughs> he's, not, he's still rubbish um, still only a point for Pat so far that never relegated Banners in big trouble now it's in jeopardy big trouble and they have Dundalk next and then us in Richmond so could we get Bucko sacked you never know only only two teams have lost at home to Finn Harps since the start of last year and the other Longford went down, so make yeah. of that what you will. Yeah, they're really poor. Um, couple of Pats fans say, saying that they're. I mean, Fagan's on the bench as well. What's going on there? Why? Why put Fagan on the bench? There's, there, there might be a problem. Uh-huh. But uh, Buck would hate that, wouldn't he? We if we got him sacked. He's been spouting about Rovers in the last few weeks in in the media. Drawed and Cork was the TV game last Friday, so we have to play this clip. It was on Air Sport, and it's Brian Kerr discussing podcasts. Reminder, LOI Weekly Podcast every Thursday. Have you been on that yet, Brian? Will you be on the podcast? I'm sure I will be if I get a chance to get an invitation <laughs> or whatever. I don't know how it works. I mean, do they use someone ring you when you're in your car and say you're on the podcast? <laughs> there you go. Well, the good news is it's an hour long. Keep the phone turned on. I'm sure that call is coming. I can't wait. I always love an old podcast. <laughs> I always love to hear the figures after. Five people listen to you. <laughs> I think we can offer you more than five, right? But what we'll do is when we find out you're on it, we'll promote it very heavily. That should ensure no one listens to it. <laughs>
once again I think he's going to feature every week on this on this, on this podcast yeah, he's brilliant he needs his own segment that was, <laughs> that was so funny I mean we know he's a Pats man but he's, he's funny five people <laughs> sitting in your car yeah <laughs> he's so quotable um, now as for our own po- as for our own podcast our listeners a lot more than five thankfully uh, really enjoyed our questions from the East Down skit last week so the next player up is Dave McAllister let's see how we get on I'm here with Dave McAllister for questions from the East Stand. David, are you ready? Nope. <laughs> Question number one. Who scored Ireland's goal against France at Euro 2016? Robbie Brady. Correct. Penalty. I was there. Really? Well, I was at the, sorry, the ones before. I didn't make the France game. Okay. Go ahead. What famous parade was held in Boston for the first time in the 18th century? St. Patrick's Day. Correct. Name the current Vice President of the United States. Um, it's not Hillary Clinton, is it? She's in the Vice President now. Um, no, I don't know Vice President now. Uh, Mike Pence. Okay, no, there we go. Name three Tom Cruise movies. Oh, uh, Top Gun, um, Cocktail, that's a film, isn't it? I don't think I've seen it. Um, I think it is a film. It's the one where he sees the bar of my name. Name uh, four, just in case. Okay. Um, oh, my God, you put me in the spot here now. Uh, Tom Cruise one's Top Gun. I'm trying to think of the one. The War of the Worlds right. is another one. Um, I'll take your word for this tree. Okay, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think the other one was. Oh, what was the one with the. Oh, go on, the bank trade, and I got enough. How many digits in a Visa card number? 16. Correct. Spell the word resurrection. R E S S U R. E C T I O N. It's one S and two oh. R's, I'm afraid. Oh, no, wait. Both of them wrong. Right. Assign the correct crest to each of your former English clubs a rose, a deer, and a lion. Of my former clubs? Yeah, your three English clubs. My three English clubs. A rose is going to be. A rose, a deer. And a lion. The lion is Shrewsbury. The rose is Chef United. And the deer is Stevenage. Correct. All three correct. Well. When you were with Shrewsbury in 2012, they won promotion to League One. But who finished above them that season? Swindon and Palo de Canio. Correct. And for a bonus point, who was the other promoted team? Uh, crew. That was Crowdy Town. Wow, was it? Yeah. Oh, no, because Crew went up to the playoffs. Uh, four teams go up. Four? Yeah, four teams go up out of League Two. Three go up automatic and one go up to the playoffs. Maybe I have my searches. Yeah, there you go then. Yeah, look that one up and then that's a bonus point for me. If, oh, okay, if fair enough. If it's Crew. Uh, which club was founded first? Shrewsbury Town or Sheffield United? I'm going to say Sheffield United. 
Sheffield United, 1889. Shrewsbury, 1886. Oh, like three years in the difference. And finally, question 10. Name the four players in the current Rover squad who are older than you. Tomasz Chinski, Simon Madden, Ronan Finn, and Darren Meenan. Correct. I'm just checking out your score now. One, two. Three, four, five. It's questionable. So well, I think seven out of ten. Seven. I'm saying I've yeah. taken that score. You're level with Tomer now. It's really yeah. Seven He's out top. Yeah. Okay. Right. So that's a solid seven out of ten for Dave. Yeah, I gave him seven points because I was undecided about that bonus point, the one about promoted teams, because I was looking really I was looking for that third place team, which was Crowley Town, and he gave me Crew which was the four place team they still went up didn't they but they were promoted so he deserves half a point yeah he'll get a half yeah. we're giving out bonus points willy nilly here we're going to have yeah. to get a system involved so there'll be debates at the end we'll see so who won if he's seven and a half and Tom are seven we might need to play off at the end of the I season think so. or something, but I think if, if a half a point separates them well you know a half a point's a half a point so if he's half a point ahead they're going to have to give him the trophy you know but we'll like, we have a lot of players to get through yeah also I looked up the movie Cocktail and it has 5% on Rotten Tomatoes, so I regret nothing. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, if he was going to go back to the late 80s, early 90s for Tom Cruise movies, I was kind of hoping he'd pick Days of Thunder. Classic, absolute classic. The personal favourite of mine. Uh, now, what are we on to next? We are on to Cork. Um, when is the last time we played on Paddy's Day, Carl? Uh, it was only three years ago. Uh, again, Torn in Satanta Cup. But the interesting one is it's 15 years since we played a league game on Paddy's Day. 15 years? That was against Shelburne. So the Ultras would have been just formed mm. and out in force. It's probably best remembered for a, a mad on goal scored by Gareth Cronin. He was 30 yards out and he managed to stick it past Tony O'Dowd. 30 yards out. Mm. Tony, I, do you know what? I actually think Tony O'Dowd's a listener. He yeah. seems to be on our Facebook page and liking a lot of our posts. He's, so he's got a mention. Big that. shout out to Tony yeah. for this one. Um, the Paddy's Day last time we played on Paddy's Day was fifteen years ago. Oh, another thing as well. Um, we're looking, we're interested in finding the founding fathers, you could say, of the Ultras. So if anyone is around, still around from the original days, and we'd like to have a just you know an interview and, and see where it came from what was the ideas behind it and stuff like that so if if anybody out there is listening and you are one of the founding fathers of the Ultras uh, get in touch with us and we'll try and organise an interview now back to Cork uh, the threat of Sean McGuire is going to be um, their, it's their main threat and we, we need to we need to nip that in the bud he scored a hat-trick last time he was in Tala he scored in each of Cork's last eight competitive games going back to the FAO Cup final so he's on fire some run he's on yeah he's on, I mean the first 10 minutes be honest, if it was me, I'd be trying to boot him into the east stand. Show him he's in a game. Show him he's in for a tough ninety minutes. We can we can contain Shep, especially if he's out if he's out wide. Um, Dooley be a worry for me as well. He's a very good player. I think depends on who we're playing left for. I think Heaney might be out from maybe not. He's a bit pacey as well, so it's it's going to be a battle. It really is going to be a battle. I think our I think our defenders are in for a in for, in for a run around. Yeah, I think. The fans really want that big win now, a win over a top team. Like, there was a disturbing stat from last season. I don't think we should tell them this one. Oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> well, last season... It's brutal, isn't it? Dundalk 
Cork Derry in the combined nine games didn't win any of them only got three points three points so three draws out of the top four teams yeah. last season and Finn Harps got four points by the way and even if you go back maybe two or three years it's quite similar as well isn't it we, we don't take points off the top teams in recent years but it was just the fact that we didn't actually win even once so that was the first time since 1997-98 that we didn't beat a top three team like even look at the sounds brutal doesn't it even look at the relegation year of 2005 we beat Shelburne and Derry even in the relegation year we beat Shelburne and Derry and mm, we'll have to put that down to Nutsy's negative tactics I think Mm. on our Facebook page we posted a clip from the Joey and Doe show from the 2008 game on Facebook where we played Cork well it was at home at the time in Tolka he was incredible that night everybody seemed to be on a high because we knew that the next season we'd be in Tala and it was the la- one of the last couple of games in Talca, but he really was amazing that night. Yeah, goal and two assists. And he, like everything he tried came off. Flicks, passes, touches. It was uh, it was brilliant. And I think maybe someone, if uh, we're in the 1899 suite, we should mention to Dan Murray about him absolutely wellying the ball into the, into the stand where we were. Our frustration because he was getting stick. I'll, I'll always remember that. He absolutely lashed the ball in. Don't know if it hit anybody, but uh, he was aiming. And well, the, the Roars fans shanted, we've gotten dough, you've got no dough. <laughs> they were struggling. Do you know what? how many times have they struggled over the years? I mean, the last time they were struggling, they, were, they weren't able to pay the bus to get up, but they ended up beating us. That cost us the league. Yeah, title. it cost us the league. Then he got the goal, I remember. It was, uh, it was heartbreaking. But they're, they've, they've struggled quite a lot throughout the years. Uh, we'll move on to... Starting 11s and predictions now. I'm not being negative, but I think we should play two in front of the back four. I think I'm going to go a 4 2 3 1. I'm going to go Tomer, Madden, Devine, Webster, and Heaney left full. I think he might be a little bit more solid, and I think Trevor is struggling with his arm. There's no point playing at 50% Trevor Clark. Lopez, Finn, and McAllister. Uh, as the. Sorry, Lopez and McAllister in front of the back four and then Finn in behind the striker with Meenan and Burke out on the wing I think he might be raring to go chomping at the bit with Shaw up front and I think we're going to nick a 1-0 win with a fantastic defensive display uh, I'd like to see the same team in Galway except I'd like McAllister to start ahead of Lopez I think Shaw I think Shaw Lopez deserves good to keep, Galway, no? I think Shaw deserves to keep his place after the two goals yeah definitely I mean um, yeah, I think so. I mean, Boyd, he, I wouldn't say he huffed and puffed. He he did everything he could, you know, playing up front, isolated. And it's it's certainly no measure of if he was bad or, or good. But, I mean, getting dropped doesn't necessarily mean you were terrible. Sometimes the manager wants to try something new. So I wouldn't read too much into it if certain players are dropped. We've a big squad, plenty of depth. and. Oh, I think Mikey O'Connor is going to be a big player for the season, no question. Yeah, he has that bit of rawness about him, you know. Mm. But I'd, uh, yeah, I'd keep the big man up front, uh, Shaw. He's the tallest man in the squad. Uh, perhaps Officially? Unsup- perhaps Tomer? Tomer's not tall, I think. No, no. Uh, six Tomer, Tomer six looks six huge. 6'4". Four. Four. Can you guess who's the second tallest? Mm, um, to- oh, God. Tomer? Nope. 6'2". Uh, Boyd? It's a three-way tie between Boyd, Devine and Sam Bone. They're all 6-3. Sam Bone, I didn't know he had any height in him at all. Mm. Um, we're going to have to get the, the measuring stick out. 
Yeah, so I think uh, I think Shaw Shaw is deceptively fast as well, and a couple of people noticed on Facebook. Um, for a big guy, he can get around, and it's not as if we're playing a big, tall striker up front who's gonna holding the play up and bringing players in. He can get in behind defenders and, and make good runs as well. So it'd be interesting to see how he gets on against the likes of Bennett, because Bennett's Bennett's coming on in years now. He wouldn't have that much pace. I I think we should put him in instead of kind of playing it into Shaw's feet all the time. I'd like to see him get in behind defenders, you know. As for my prediction, I know it's my gimmick every week. I say 1-0, and then I say see you at the end of the show. <laughs> but I'm going to say a 2 all draw. 2 all draw. High score and draw. Um, yeah, so don't forget to check out our Facebook and Twitter, at East Dan Pod, and we're on SoundCloud and iTunes. Don't forget our email address is talesfromtheeastand at gmail.com. Now we're actually in a battle with a corporate monster that is Facebook at the moment, so you might have noticed that we had to change our name. So it's probably going to be like that for the foreseeable future. Yeah. So they don't shut us down. We might make a page at some point, but I don't know. We, we like the profile as it is. So. Yeah, I mean we're uh, we're motoring at this stage. So uh, like, remember, folks, support the team, abuse the opposition, sing with the ultras, question every referee the decision, and have a happy St. Patrick's Day. See ya. In the year 87, the hoops were in heaven. Our team had won four in a row. But about that same time, a terrible crime from Milltown, we were forced to go. And oh, how we cried, our club nearly died. Like nomads, we travelled all over. But we found a home, now no longer must we roam. We are the Shamrock Rovers. Now we're the SRFC in the SDCC. We're Ireland's...